Discover connection, awaken sacredness, come in power. Join us for our show on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Discover Your Spiritual Gifts Live Show, number 14. We are your hosts, Dave, Violet, and Jason. Our guest today is medium Rebecca Rosen. Rebecca's gifts first showed up in 1997. She was having some severe health problems and nothing was working. She began to pray and her grandma babe, who had died 10 years earlier, showed up for her. She channeled the words and then asked for proof that it was real and it came through on three specific facts that she could verify. Her gifts have continued to grow and evolve since then. Welcome, Rebecca. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Well, it's it's a privilege to meet you in person, and uh, we've learned so much about you, and you work with so many people. Tell us more about what you do. So, as you shared, this was a gift that came to me um, at a perfect time when I was at a crossroads in my life, and um, this happened 22 years ago, um, where I actually started stepping out and offering my gift of mediumship. And so I discovered I was able to access this divine realm and channel angels and spirit guides and departed loved ones. And so um, what I do is I do readings. I do private readings. I do small groups of eight people. And then I do large events, hundreds of people. And really, I, Spirit has shown me my purpose is to demonstrate the work, make the connections, to give enough um, evidence that this is real, to build people's own authentic faith. So when I am able to provide these facts that nobody could know except their departed loved ones or guides, it empowers them and inspires them to walk out of the experience and then do it for themselves. Really, I think that's why I do this. It's to show people you don't need anyone or anything outside of yourself to access that divine guidance and knowing. Okay. Um, I noticed on your website you talk a little bit about the difference between mediumship and, and psychic uh, gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk to people a lot about that because we've gotten very gray over mediumship versus channeling versus clairvoyance. Uh, Can you distinguish a little bit there how you see it? Of course. Um, So psychic, the term psychic is 101. We're all psychic. We all are born with that innate gift of intuition. You take it up a level to mediumship. So psychic ability basically is tuning into energy, thought forms, past, present, or future, right? You're reading Mm -hmm. the energy. But mediumship, you take it up that next level and you are getting out of the way and surrendering to a discarnate being or beings, spirit energy, working with you and through you to communicate messages. And so the type of mediumship I do is I do mental mediumship where I'm not in a trance-like state. Okay, mm-hmm. A lot of people, I do do some channeling, but that's a completely different deal. Um, but I am always present with the sitter. And spirit, I'm just the conduit, the go-between between the spirit world and this world. And they're just impressing my mind and body with thoughts and feelings. And then over the years, I've developed this, what I call sign language that I've learned. It's like a foreign language. And I build, I've built my vocabulary. I'm still doing it um, to accurately interpret what these messages are coming from the other side. And tell us more about the sign language. I, I've, mm-hmm. I know some other mediums, and they talk about when they're uh, with their client, around the client, they see a screen around them, and mm-hmm. it's almost like they're seeing icons on a computer screen, and they have to interpret those versus just somebody whispering in their ear saying, sure. tell them that they're going to have a car accident tomorrow. Right. Uh, you know, that type of thing. Yes. I wish for me it worked that clearly where spirit was whispering in my ear, but as we know... These spirits don't have bodies, which means they don't have voices. So it's all energy and it's telepathic impressions. So that's where I think a lot of us start to doubt what we're receiving because it's not that clear. And so I doubted for many years in the beginning. I thought I was making it up because it was in my own mind's voice that I was getting 
auditory impressions, right? Um, so, okay, so how it works for me. So whether I'm with somebody in person or over the phone, because as we know, we can do this remotely because there's no limitation in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm with somebody, when I look at them, I'm not, I'm seeing energy. I'm seeing things move. Sometimes I'll see big sparks of light. Um, Those are really strong spirits or angels. Um, But I'm looking, if I'm looking at you to your left, they're showing me past information and to your right is future. And if I'm looking straight at you and I'm not really even looking at you, I'm looking through you. I'm seeing the present. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it comes in a combination of claircognizance where sometimes I just know something. The next minute I get clairsentience where I feel it. Sometimes it's a combination of all of it at once and it's overwhelming. I'll clairvoyantly see something in my mind's eye or clairaudience. I will hear something like a word, um, a sound, and then it's up to me to take. And again, it's coming at you so fast. So the more skilled the spirit is, the easier it is for me to work with them. Okay, and so they know how to communicate in a way that I will understand it, and then, you know, they're not going too fast. I can accurately interpret it. So every spirit is different, just like every person is different, and so the way it comes in is different. That helps me with something because uh, you talk to some mediums, you you hear recordings of some readings, and the people they're bringing through, they weren't particularly adept as humans. Mm-hmm. And in the spiritual plane, they're not particularly adept. You know, their last lifetime, they were a farmer, had a very limited worldview, they weren't well educated. Sort of that energy seems to come through, and they have a hard time communicating yes. to even get through a basic message. I always say that we don't really change all that much when we cross over. We have to do the work to grow and evolve. So if you had someone who was very reserved, quiet, passive energy, it's 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 hard to have a conversation with them, just like in life it probably was, versus your more outgoing, personable, great communicators. I love those spirits because it's easy to engage in that energy and get a clear you know understanding and message from them. Okay. Well, I guess my mother would come through very easily. (laughs) That's a good thing. Very, very talkative. Right? I like those spirits. So what are what are some of the strangest things where you had to turn off your filter because hmm. it was going to be evidential for the person, but your your initial reaction was, "Wow, really? Do I do I really want to say this? Is <laughs> oh. do, do you really mean yes. this? <laughs> right? well, what, what are what are some of the the, the interesting <laughs> ones? I'll say. Well. Um, I mean, here's a funny and light one. I just yesterday had a group um, of, you know, it's eight people, and a woman bought seven tickets, so she brought her family and some close friends. And there was a young man in there, he's like 23, and um, his very best friend, who was the other people in the room, it was their son who died in a car accident about four months ago. This kid, Austin, came through, and he was showing me marijuana, and, you know, in Colorado, it's pretty accepted. (laughs) However, it's still a substance, and I saw to bring up the marijuana, and, you know, in front of his parents. And so, it was just funny, because he called him out, and the parents were like... So, the point is, he's talking about how he's using marijuana, and the parents didn't know and it was kind of a funny moment so there's time spirits bring through things that it's always well intentioned they're never going to bring through something that's going to upset someone or hurt someone cause them harm unless we can use the information to be helpful like predicting a health issue something's going on it's always knowledge is power Mm -hmm. right um so but i have readings i i did a tv show a few years ago And the producers would go out and find the stories. And then I walk into it blindly because we want to keep it pure. And there were some really disturbing episodes. And the one that stands out was my finale. It, what I was seeing from the mother who died, it started out with me seeing Beverly Hills in my head. Okay. Well, her name was Beverly. So it's like playing charades with the medium. How do we get her to say my name? That's one example. So Mother Beverly came through for this young woman. She was 21. And I was feeling really nauseous, like I wanted to throw up. And the night before I had food poisoning, I was throwing up. 
And so I said to her, did your mother, because they used the medium's frame of reference, okay? So I had a flashback to the night before, and then I asked her, did, was your mother vomiting, you know, when she died? She's like started tearing up and said, yeah, that was a big part of her death. So I went into it, and then I saw, and I trusted, I needed to communicate this, but I also knew it would be very disturbing, but I saw like body parts, okay? And I just saw, like, imagine the worst movie that you can. Yeah, like, with, like, like disconnected just bloody body parts. Body parts. Okay. It flashed through, and I asked her, and that's when she broke down and said, my mother was murdered by my brother who drugged her. Um, he poisoned her, and basically she was throwing up. But then he chopped up her body and put her in the trunk and drove around with her. This happened here in Colorado a few years ago. Um, for two days before they found him and the body. So the point is, <laughs> right? It's like, why do we need to know this? Other than the mom needed to help her daughter stop reliving the awful, horrible vision that she kept running through her mind to heal it, to put closure, release it, and move forward. And so anyways, spirit, you know, th- those are the, you know, extremes where some are funny and playful and some are really heavy and very real. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go back to your story. I'm, I'm curious, looking, you know, talking about your grandma, Babe, what happened then when she first showed up for you? So Grandma Babe took her life when I was 10 and she suffered from severe postpartum depression and back in the 80s, they didn't pop a pill for this. This was elect electric shock therapy and it fried her brain she had 20 sessions she became oh. a different person and so um she basically i was going through a depression and my parents were divorcing after you know 20 some years of marriage 25 and i was away at the university of florida i was removed from it i'm from omaha nebraska they're trying to protect me by not sharing information but i'm an empath and so i was feeling the truth but they were also confusing me because they weren't they were denying basically what i was feeling mm-hmm. so i started stuffing my feelings by sleep eating i would sleepwalk into the kitchen and start eating the reason that was my drug of choice is because I grew up in a family where we didn't drink. Um, we ate, okay? We're Jewish, and you throw food at things when you're trying to numb. And so that's that's what I knew, and that's what I did unconsciously because in my waking state, I was in control. So my feelings were acted out in the middle of the night, and this got really out of control, and I was... Um, just at wit's end. I just wanted to sleep. My grades were suffering. I had gained all this weight. I was miserable. So I was praying and praying. I didn't know what I was praying to, but one day my prayers were heard and answered by my grandma, babe, who started talking to me through my journaling. And it's a process known as Claire, uh, it's Claire audience, but it's automatic writing. Mm -hmm. But at the time I'm, um, I was like, what, 19 I had no idea what this was. I didn't grow up in a house where we talked about paranormal stuff. And so I'm sitting at a bookstore for over an hour. She's taking over my hand, throwing it across the page very fast. I could hear the words in my mind faster than I could get them down. And Grandma Babe said, I'm here in response to your cries for help. I went down this dark road of depression. It resulted in taking my life. I am here karmically to balance this out by helping you so that you don't. And she said, I know you're doubting this. Call your father, ask him these three things, and you'll know it's real. In that same writing, my guardian angel, who called herself A-Y, and I later said, I can't say A-Y. I'm going to call you Maya, M-A-Y-A. And so that spirits don't care. Okay, so the point is, those two presented themselves. I got off, or I got out of that experience, called my father right away, shared the information. He was blown away. Could not believe I knew it because one of the detailed pieces was how he found her when she killed herself. And he never shared that with my mom. And that was, my grandma was a neat freak. And so she did it in the laundry room. She she shot herself and put white sheets down to make it a very neat, clean, you know, easy cleanup for my dad. So that's something that, you know, he was able to then give me permission. Because as a kid... 
I didn't want to dabble in something that was dark or harmful. And he said to me, look, that's my mom. And if it feels loving and kind, go with it. And it did. And so I agreed to meet Grandma Babe every day for, it was about 18 months. And the deal was I had to do the work. There wasn't a magic pill. So she gave me, she and my guardian angel gave me a, a, a prescriptive program on a mind, body, and spirit level to do the work to heal myself from the inside out. And so I committed to it. And it was a daily practice of prayer and meditation and getting back into yoga and walking to ground myself. I went to see energy healers. Um, I, did, I got some of my own readings from other you know, people I was guided to. Uh, so it was a really involved process. It was changing my diet, realizing what was, you know, hurting me versus, you know, helping me on just a body level. Um, so I did the work. And along the way, Grandma Babe said at the time, you keep healing yourself and finding self-love and self-worth from the inside out. You will then attract in a soulmate. And that soulmate, she gave me signs. His name is Ryan He'll give you a rose, something about the rose. And she, she said his birthday, 924. So this is back before Google, okay, and, <laughs> and social media. And There's so, a time before Google? I know. <laughs> so bottom line is I did the work. 18 months later, I was happy. I was healthy. I was whole. I was close to graduating. I did the four and a half year program. So I was four years, you know, into my advertising degree. I was going to Chicago for an internship, but on my drive from Gainesville to Chicago, that fell through. So as spirit would have it last minute, I'm, you know, redirecting myself back to Omaha for the summer, which I did not want to do. But as fate would have it a week into that, I met this guy named Brian Rosen. And so if you take off the B, you get Ryan. <laughs> you take off the N off Rosen, you get Rose. So it was on our second date that it hit me. And I was like, is your birthday September 24th? And he thought I was stalking him because he could not figure out, yes, it was. That was his birthday. <laughs> and you can't look people up at that point, right? It's just what didn't exist. Yeah. So that's when I had my aha moment. This is very, very real. And then Grandma Babe came to me and said, needless to say, Brian Rosen was my A soulmate, and he we got engaged, we got married, and we are no longer married, but we are good friends. And he was a part of my journey. And so she, Grandma Babe came to me, though, and said, we're good, I'm proud of you, now pay it forward. Don't go into advertising, go into spirit communication, share this with other people. And at the time, I was like, no way. I am not, it was like coming out of the closet and I am not telling people I'm doing this. So I didn't. And I, I tried to get, I moved to Detroit with um, him because my dad lived there and I was very close with my dad. And I tried and tried to get advertising marketing jobs and I couldn't, it wasn't flowing. So I finally said, okay, I will try this. So I went to a woman's, um, I met this earth angel of mine, Ginger. She had a coffee shop. And so I started doing readings out of the back of her coffee shop and I said, God, I give this to you. If you want me to do this, you bring people to me. I'm not going to go solicit business. And three months into it, I had a woman come who is a writer for a big magazine in Detroit. And she said, I want to do a story on you. The story turned out to be the front cover. And it went out to over 100,000 people. And from that, I got, you know, hundreds of phone calls. And that became the beginning of my official business. Um... And from there, I just surrendered and spirit took over. And it's just been nothing but organic unfolding and flow. And let me say, I'm so grateful I had the courage back at this young age to heed the call. Because as you guys know, there is nothing more fulfilling, rewarding than being able to help people, heal people with this amazing ability. That's not me. It's just divine energy working with and through me. Oh, that's wonderful. It's a great story. It's Thank a great you. story. And he did give you a rose because you took his last name. I know. And so, and, and so um, yes. Yes. Rose, and rose to me is love and God to me is love. And so there's so much significance to that rose. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I could go further into it, but we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we we run into so many people. I know I do. Lots of lots of clients who uh, they're shut down as kids when the, the gifts show up, and they finally come back into their own, maybe late twenties, early thirties, or even later, where they're past the family influences where they're embarrassed or they have school teachers that they respect who say, oh, don't do that, especially the, the Catholic uh, school path, you know, oh my goodness, you know, if you're predicting that we're going to have a pop quiz, you know, this is a tool of the devil. Right. Um, and uh, I know people like that, so. Oh, I run into it all the time. And, you know, as children, we're very connected to source energy because we were recently there. And it's only until we're talked out of it by our elders, our environment, right? And so I always encourage parents to nurture, encourage it. Let's normalize the paranormal because there's nothing darker. Well, let's just say if your intention is to work with the light, you will stay in the light, right? There absolutely is negative, darker energy as there is in this world, but we don't need to worry about that. So I find that the children being born now and over the last 20 years are very advanced souls who are coming here to shift the consciousness of the planet back to a higher vibration of love. And they are our teachers. I had this miracle baby three years ago who I was I was told for, God, 10 years before that I was supposed to have this little girl. And I fought it and fought it. And 10 different psychics who I really trusted... They knew. They said, you're having this. And I kept saying, free will, I'm not. You can say a spirit baby. Well, we had this miraculous conception where three years ago, well, four years ago, um, I was five months pregnant and did not know. Because my husband, my second husband, um, had a vasectomy 10 years before that. So there was just no way. And sure enough, she, little Haven, Haven Rose, found her way in and... It was just unbelievable. But my point is, she's my messenger. She is such an advanced soul who, she's one of many. It's not because she's my child. Many, many, many souls like her coming in and are serving as our teachers. Very advanced souls. Yeah, I really believe that. I also see where parents are spiritual and on this path and they have a child that goes to school and the older child is resistant to doing this because their friends at school look at them funny and they're afraid to connect. And that's always sad to me that, you know, just keep loving them and encourage them. A lot of it is that peer pressure at school of, what are you talking about? What are you doing and what are you saying? And so they get frightened and it's... It's sad that they can't be open, but mm-hmm. we remember as children in school, it's a tough environment sometimes being in that. Yeah. It's a lot tougher than being an adult. Absolutely. However, I found that more and more kids are talking about it because you see it's mainstreamed. It's on all these television yeah. shows on psychics and mediums and healers. I love it. I mean, it's kind of like demystifying the whole field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And making it a little more acceptable than back in the day, especially when we were growing up. Well, shutting the kids down doesn't help anybody. No. no. It's not helping the kid. It's not helping everybody that they would be connected to. And for things to shift on this planet, our way of doing that has got to change. Absolutely. And they're kind of forcing us into that because those kids are going to continue to deliver those messages. Right. They're, they're going to do it whether we try to shut them down or not. It's getting to that point. It is. And, and that's that consciousness moving into a new place. And, and you hear it everywhere. Anywhere that there are spiritual circles, people are all talking about the same thing, about the shift. And a lot of it comes from just what you're saying, from the next generation. Yeah, we are in that ascension period. And this wave is happening. You either get on board or you don't. But, you know, we're moving into that 5D consciousness and out of the 3D way of operating. And so these little ones are here to help us. And we need to listen and, and value the messages. This morning, Haven walks in. And my husband and I, we have a morning practice where we pray and meditate you know, before we start our day. We have our coffee. And she's like, hi, guys. And she's like, Look, what's that? And she's pointing to the wall. And my husband's trying to think three-dimensionally, like, is it the picture? Is it the book? I'm like, no, she's seeing spirit. She's like, look at that. And she's watching it around the room. I'm like, thank you, Haven. So I had to tune in. And it was one of my guides. I felt it. It was a very strong entity. But 
anyways, they're seeing the world and we through a different lens. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because we get to kind of live through that and reconnect with it. Well, I'm getting a lot of uh, parents who come to see me at the fairs and they say, my little three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old is seeing people walking through their, their bedroom. What do we do? And I say, well, number one, we don't want to shut down that gift. But number two, let me coach you on how to explain to them how they can set boundaries on who is allowed in there. That's great. So that they um, they don't get freaked out by having, quote, dead people walking through right. their bedroom. And, you know, the, the other thing you found, I'm sure you've seen it, is that for earthbound spirits, once they notice a human who notices them, and they notice that you know connection of consciousness, then they become compelled to yes. see the kid, and they bring in their friends to see the kid because they all have these urgent messages that they got to get through to somebody still alive. <laughs> exactly. You know, because they don't have that perspective of being in the spiritual plane; they're still in the astral plane. Right, and that's what freaks out you know the vulnerable child who's yeah. trying to sleep at night and. These spirits. So you are so right, and I love that you said that. You can set boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, I remind people all the time, you are always in control of what you allow in. doesn't mean they're not going to be there. They'll probably still come knocking, but you absolutely can call in the love and light of source and ask that only God's presence be there. And, you know, if you can't help them because you're not a medium or you choose not to be, mm-hmm. you can ask them to go to someone else, yeah. you know, and, and decline that request. However, I always encourage people to embrace it. Yeah. If they're coming to you, you know, as long as it's well-intentioned and, and connected to that light, there's no harming bringing through the messages. Well, let's talk about that in a little bit more in a second. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Discover Your Spiritual Gifts has readers available every day starting at 10 a.m. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. We offer 30-minute readings for $50 and 60-minute readings for $90. You can make an appointment or just stop on in for availability. Call ahead at 720-573-4275. Well, welcome back. We have our guest here, Rebecca Rosen, and we're talking about mediumship and all its aspects. So let's talk a little bit more about... Uh, what do entities want to come through with? And I've run into some mediums who totally discount the idea. They say there there are no earthbounds in the astral plane. Really? Yes, I've run into some mediums who said that everybody goes to the spiritual plane. And yet, years later, I'm starting to find some of them are changing their stories a little bit. So things are changing. But right. I certainly, in my clearing, entity clearing work, Lots of earthbounds out there, and a lot of them are very confused, and, and primarily because of their confusion. They didn't go to the spiritual plane. Right. And so they, some of them have missions. Uh, the, the funniest story you know, I talk about are the ones that, you know, some poor guy died in the 1930s. He had the family savings hidden in a coffee can, stuffed in a sofa, and he's got to tell his wife where the money is. You know, he died, and she didn't know where the money was. And it's wow. like no perception that... 80 or 90 years have gone by since right. then. No no sense of time no. or, or society changing and moving on. Doesn't know that his wife's died. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those types of things. Yeah, no, I love that you brought this up because, you know, I always explain to clients the astral plane is the waiting room between heaven and earth. And then after, you know, when I do readings, we meet up in the astral plane. So then you move on to the higher heavens, different levels of, you know, wherever um, you're, you're you go to where the place you've earned. So it's um, different levels, spiritual evolvement. Mm -hmm. But when I do readings, I raise my vibration, connect up to the astral plane and the spirits lower theirs. Or like you said, there's some spirits who reside in the astral plane. Those are the ones who are stuck and need to embrace that, that shift to move into the higher levels. Right. So it absolutely exists. Um, they're usually harmless, you know, they're usually just lost and still unresolved with their death. And it's, that's why we do this. It's to connect with them, to bring closure, whatever that looks like, whether it's for them or them worried about the living survivors. Mm -hmm. So. I really like the Robin Williams movie where 
he and his kids died in a car wreck, and then the wife mm -hmm. ultimately committed suicide, and then they were trying to rescue her. But uh, they brought out something funny there. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but his attempt from the spiritual plane to comfort his wife brought her more grief and antagonism right. in her grieving process. It was an annoyance to her that kept the, the wound open rather than letting her heal. Uh, do you think that's an accurate representation in some cases? It depends on the person. Yes, what dreams may come. It's yeah. very interesting because that came through my group reading yesterday. Spirit showed me. I haven't talked about that movie in years. And Spirit showed me that to illustrate something um, about that movie. But it depends on the person. If the, the living person is really struggling and in deep, deep grief, and they can't connect into the good intentions of the spirit, it's going, it's like rubbing salt in an open wound. It, it is going to rub them the wrong way, and it's going to just make more apparent the contrast of the physical loss. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. And so, it's in that sense, it's not a good thing. And that's where the spirit, hopefully at some point, pulls back their energy to give the living person time and space to heal so they're in a more receptive place before they re-attempt to give signs and, and make the connection. Okay. Another one I'm curious about, you see so many people who probably come to you because they, they are in some type of grieving or recovery from the loss. And we see so many signs being left for people, you know, pennies, dimes, angel feathers, you know, little feathers, things like that. What are some of the other signs that you see when uh, departed loved ones are, are trying to get your attention or just saying, I'm here? Sure. It's not always objects. Um, people, I think, get fixated on pennies, objects, all yeah. that, and that's great. Yes, a lot of the time it is. Sometimes it's feelings. You're getting the chills. Feeling okay. a strong sense, like you're in the car driving, you get overwhelmed with emotion, like, oh my gosh, like takes your breath away. Um, that spirit is sitting with you. Numbers, um, you know, license plates, like sometimes, like I know for me, I adopted this thing with numbers and license plates, and I created this whole language around it, and that's how my guides communicate with me. Um, manipulating electricity. That's a very yes. common one, right? It's easy for them to do. Super easy. And people always wonder why. Well, they're just pure high vibrational energy that's crossing paths with electricity. Mm -hmm. You you would know this. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it's very easy for them. And the other thing is, just because they died doesn't mean they know how to give signs. So people get very frustrated, especially dreams. That's another way they can connect with us. But Spirit has to learn or re-remember how to project their energy into the consciousness of the human being in the dream state. It's a skill. And so a lot of times people come to me saying, I'm so frustrated. They're not visiting me in dreams. They're, I'm not getting signs. I'm like, be patient with them. They need to They're figure it out. They're in training. Yeah. And ask their spirit guides and angels to help them. And so if you get those two together, usually you end up getting some signs, and over time it gets stronger. Okay. So there's all different ways. I, in my book, Spirited, I talk um, in depth about all the different types of signs. You know, spirit likes to use insects. You know, um, signs, a lot of times they use little kids or animals as messengers because these beings are so open and they don't have a mind that's discounting it. So these animals looking around the room, that's a sign. They're seeing a spirit energy. My daughter this morning looking around my room, seeing the spirit energy. Or, this is another big one because we're talking about kids. Kids are so innocent. Your departed loved one might implant this thought or knowing, and they communicate something to you that sounds so wise beyond their years, right? They're being used. It's a sign. They're being used as a messenger to communicate a sign or a message. What I've found with people, and I'm sure you have been in this, um, especially for people that can talk to the other side, is people are hurting. And it's the healing process of allowing them to heal and process through the grief process. And I've seen people that I love that get really addicted to just the messages. They just want to yes. talk. And it's like how, how to help them heal through the process and 
begin to live again, right? right. Because they stopped living. They, they're just so stuck in that grieving process. And so what are some of the things that you suggest to people that are really stuck in that piece when they come to see you or you notice that to help them heal a little bit and start sure. living again? Well, I love that you brought that up because my whole purpose in doing this work is not to give psychic predictions. I really believe our future is not set in stone. Yes, we have a loose script and there are certain things that are predestined, but we have free will. So I don't like to focus on so much that. I like to focus on getting them unstuck out of their grief, out of wherever they're beating themselves up from the past, right? And get bring it to the present, communicate what's going on with them. Now, the thing I've heard the most from spirit is embrace your grief, lean into it. It's, you can't bypass it. You have to go through it. And for some people, it takes a minute. And for other people, it takes many, many years. That's okay. Give yourself permission to feel it, embrace it, and learn from it. Then something's going to shift. If your intention is, thank you, you know, spirit source for helping me heal. If that's your intention, at some point you will shift out of it and have that desire to let it go, basically. Um, So for me, what Spirit says is find things that bring you joy. What are things in this moment now that light you up? Someone or something you're grateful for, right? And do more of that. So for some of us, it's a hobby, Some of us, it's traveling. Some of us, it's being in the presence of a trusted friend. That lights us up. Nature, okay? Whatever it is, figure that out because it's going to shift your vibration. So you might be having the worst day ever, grieving like crazy, and you go out into nature where you find God, and immediately you feel lighter and it shifts your energy. So it's a process, and it's not going to shift overnight, but little by little, you, you shift that experience and eventually you're in that higher vibrational energy all the time my my beloved lost her mom last year and as a result of what she left for us we were able to move into a new house that's ours and a big part of us picking that house out was about honoring her and having that place and over time because like, for me, I, I, I get through it pretty quickly, right? I'm, that, I'm the minute guy. Mm-hmm. But for her, it was, it's, it's a long process. Like It hasn't even been a year. But just in the spring, flowers that she's never seen anywhere else except on her mom's property in Washington showed up in our front yard. Wow. <laughs> and hummingbirds, which we've tried for years and years and years to have at our old house are already at the new house. Amazing. And it's it's those little things that we notice and we say thank you for, like you said. Yes. They, awareness, acknowledge, acknowledgement, and appreciation. Yes, that, those, that brings more. Those things just, they, it, it amplifies it. And saying thank you means now we have two different sets of hummingbirds. Right. Where we just had one a week ago, now we have two sets of hummingbirds. You know, these are miracles. Mm-hmm. And these miracles are meant to be common. But... When we forget that this is how we, on a spirit level, operate, then we cut ourselves off from these daily synchronicities and miracles. And so, like you said, what spirit has told me is being in a state of gratitude and appreciation, right where you are, helps bring more of that, which in turn pulls you out of the grief. Mm -hmm. You can't necessarily be in both at the same time. And so eventually it, you start to realize this is my natural way of being. And one thing Spirit says all the time is the greatest gift we can give them is to get out of our grief, to live fully, and to celebrate the memory of their lives by moving forward with our own lives. And they can do it alongside you. I have Spirits yesterday saying, hey, you're supposed to go on a cruise in Greece and the mom and daughter said we just got back from a cruise in Greece and my mom was the cruise lady and so every year all the women in the family would take cruises well I said well your mom was on the cruise with you living vicariously through you and your joy became her joy so that in and of itself you know helps us move through that process 
Well, I've also noticed in this whole process my change in belief systems, right? Because when you get confirmation that there's life after this, it changes everything along your belief systems, that fear. Because I know probably 40 years ago I would have said, I'm afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of dying anymore, right? Because it gives you such a broader perspective of this is not it. This is not the final peace for us that we go on that we continue to go on and be in the lives of the people that we love and care about from a different perspective so it's really healing and I'm sure you see that in people too that aha moment of this is bigger than I imagined right Uh, yes I had a woman in my office the other day and her son passed away tragically a few months ago and he came through immediately and he said Mom, I'm still having coffee with you. I said, does that make sense? This woman, you should have seen the look on her face. Because she needed (laughs) authentic faith. Like, So I guess they used to have Coffee Tuesdays. So she has still carried on the tradition. She goes to the same coffee shop every Tuesday and sits with her son, uh, Tyler. And they have coffee. And he's now coming through saying, I know, I'm still there. I'm just not in a body. But I'm still showing up. You just saw this visible weight fall off of her. You know, like, oh, it's real. So that, yes, spirit energy, we don't die. There is no such thing as death. Energy Mm -hmm. is energy. It just changes form. And we can still be in relationship with this spirit energy, these loved ones, you know, after the physical death. It's pretty awesome. It is. It's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I love that a huge part of your focus is the validation for people. Because like you said, that connection is what allows them to step out of the doubt, to step out of the questions and step into a place of belief and understanding and release of what they're experiencing. Right. So how do you cultivate that through your with your messages? How do you manage yeah. to bring that in so clearly? So from the day I started, because I was a skeptic in the beginning and I needed proof from the other side, and now with 22 years later, it's a knowing. There is not one ounce of doubt that it's real. However, um, it's very important to me, and I made a vow of spirit, prove yourself so that I can accurately identify you and responsibly connect you with the right person to deliver messages, right? So it's just as much for me as it is for the person, because I need to know we're really in connection with who I think we're talking to. So I've just made that intention. Spirit, bring through undeniable evidence. Maybe it's one thing and maybe it's 25 things. It depends on what that person needs so that we can get on to the more important work, which is the healing messages, the universal messages, such as closure. Um, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm sorry. Um, I'm okay. I'm not gone. You know, and then that they have, you know, it's more likely they're going to trust that I'm not telling everybody the same thing because they know my son just said, we have coffee still. I know now this is real, right? Now I trust mom. I'm sorry that I took my life. Okay. So that's important. The other thing though, so I think it's healthy to be skeptical. It's not to be cynical when you're cynical and you come in, I can't help you. I can only give you what you're ready for. But if you're discerning, you come in with that, that that's responsible, Yeah. you know, because there's a lot of people, unfortunately in this world, not operating in integrity who are out there, you know, this is, it's a fraud and we need to build that trust. And so for me, it's been a big deal. Um, however, I don't, I had this the other day. I don't like playing the prove it game. I had, a, I was in Chicago doing groups and I had one group where there was one woman, she goes, I need you to prove it. And you know, as much as I've heard, it's not enough. There's a code word. And the minute she went into that, it shifted the vibration. I lost, the spirit went dark on me. I lost total contact. And I said, look, you have to let that go. And the irony was everybody else, the other seven sitters got profound validation, things nobody could know. She wasn't getting anything because she was stuck in her mind and not allowing, resisting, right? So that's where it's kind of that fine line. Yes, I want to prove it for you, but I don't want to get stuck in the prove it game, right? So I just, I let it go finally toward the end. I told her, you need to sit in gratitude, get into your heart, you're in your head. 
drop into your heart. I want you to sit there while I read everybody else and be grateful for something. So I came back to her, and then I got something profound. I can't remember what it was, but it was something. She's like, that wasn't the code word, but that nobody knew. So she had to shift vibration because it's very hard. I don't know about you guys, but I can't read people who are shut down or throwing out constant resistance. Or even healing work. Right. I had an next-door neighbor, and he was an engineer, too, and... He knew that I did energy healing work, and he had some problems going on in his back. So I had to set up a table in my living room, and he came over. We worked for a while, and finally, you know, we're done. He sat up, and I said, well, what do you think? And he goes, well, I don't notice any differences, but I didn't expect to. Exactly. Okay, the universe answered your prayer. You didn't expect any change. You, you got it. That's right. You receive <laughs> what you believe. And, yeah. and right? <laughs> Exactly. What, what, what a waste of time. If, if you didn't think it would work, you know, tell me up front. We won't even bother. Somebody <laughs> probably sent him. You know, it's one of those not coming on his own free will. Yeah. But those are always the hardest. My wife bought my ticket to come and see yes. you, and you're just like, oh. Yes. Never those are always idea. the hardest, right? No. But But it's true for all of us, healing, reading, whatever we're doing. If the person's not open to what's happening or they're shut down or they're closed off it's very difficult to shift and do stuff until they're in that right space of you know connecting well and people ask when should i come for a reading you know and i'm like it's case by case you will be guided Mm -hmm. i trust that spirit only brings people in front of me if they're ready to receive and if they're not, usually something happens where they last minute get a flat tire or they're sick or, and so I, you know, I honor that spirit, you know, so trusting when you get the feeling or the synchronicity start lining up and you keep hearing the same spiritual medium's name over and over in one week, that's the universe telling you you're ready. It's time or the spirit's ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guiding you in that direction. Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Well, wow, such a such a beautiful <coughs> such a beautiful gift, you know, to be able to connect people with their loved ones that have passed and their family and they're so hungry, a lot of them are so hungry to connect. I know I lost all of my family by the time I was in my twenties, my parents, my grandparents, I was the last one left. So to be able to connect to my family in my early twenties was gold to me because I felt so alone and so when you lose all of them at right. such a young age, it, it's really powerful to have somebody that can help you connect and it is. give you messages and know they're okay. And, it, and in doing so, hopefully, I always tell people, when you walk out of here, make this a to be continued. I just showed you what's possible. I'm just reading your energy. These people are with you and they better go home with you because they don't stay with me. But... Make yourself open and available to carrying on the conversation. Invite them into your dreams. Invite them into your meditation. Make time to meet them halfway. Pray and meditate. And you, too, can feel their loving presence around you so that loneliness goes away. Mm-hmm. Right? So I love that you had that experience. And my sense for you is you lost all those people because you had, it's like street credibility. You had to know that experience so that you, in turn, could build your own knowing and faith to pay it forward and help other people with your life's purpose. Yeah. Right. And so when you start seeing the bigger picture on, this was a soul contract and that, you know, going through that made me a better healer. Right. Right. It has, it has, it definitely has because I understand people's grief and loss and being disconnected and that need to connect and know that they're there and they definitely are. They show up for all of us and are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the sign. That's, that's a sign. Confirmation. Confirmation. <laughs> exactly that. You've said a lot in our conversation today about doing the work and you just touched on that for people around the prayer and the meditation. Yes. And is are those the those that's are the first keys to unlock the doors? Hundred percent. Anybody who follows me gets <clears throat> sick of me saying this, but I say it because spirit says it to me and I'm just as much accountable like I have to do it. Prayer is us giving spirit permission, giving, connecting, asking for divine connection and intervention, okay? Meditation is us receiving 
So whether it's hearing from God, source, whatever you call it, or spirit, or your higher self, that's you quieting your mind, getting out of the way, and allowing the divine energy to connect after you've put out the request. So prayer and meditation are really critical to getting out of our own way, inviting in this energy and the possibility of all these miracles. And then doing the work, it's, um, it's mind, body, spirit. You know, we're multidimensional beings. And, you know, for me, I know the minute I eat dairy, I get clogged in my third eye. I, I get fuzzy and foggy and I can't read as well. I love cheese. <laughs> Guess what? I stay away from it as much as I can. There's times I have it, but I know doing the work for me means I need to be a cl- as clear of a channel as possible. So for me, gluten and cheese don't work. Um, for other people, they're fine with it, right? I remember when I first started this, when I was training, my teacher said, you have to be a vegan or vegetarian. Well, guess what? I did it for four years. I was severely anemic. It was when I got pregnant with my first son. I was not healthy. I thrive on meat. So you got to listen to your own body. For some people, they need yoga. For other people, that doesn't work for them. They need to do endurance training or whatever it is. So there's not a one-size-fits-all. The key is getting in alignment with your higher self and higher knowing. This feeds me. This lights me up. I feel good. It's all about your feelings. Your feelings are your guidance. So when you sit down to figure out do, what does doing the work mean, you have to gut check what feels good, what feels right. Versus Rebecca said this, if that doesn't feel right to you, don't do it. You know? So, it, or any, you know, medium or, or intuitive. If they're telling you things that doesn't line up and feel good, then that's not your truth. But that's okay. It's more than okay. That's, that's okay. We are all yes. different and we all vibrate differently. And what works for me may not work for you. Meaning, think about this music. We all have different tastes in music. I know my favorite types of music that lift me, whereas, you know, like some people love country music. No offense to the country music fans out there, but it doesn't do much for me. Whereas uh, one of my best friends, she's obsessed, that raises her vibration. So there's no good or bad. It just is. And you just have to figure out what moves you and lights you up. i got a question in a different area. So I'm going to assume, and you can elaborate on it, that you get clients who aren't necessarily interested. They aren't in grieving. They aren't in loss. They have life's problems, and they're wondering what information is going to come through for them. They're not, you know, obsessed about connecting to a particular relative. So Happens all the time. A lot of my work is about... Um, guidance and moving forward to help people re-remember who they are and why they're here. You're a spiritual being having this human experience. You're a soul physically focused in a body because you have a purpose. So spirit guides will come through and and shed light to re-remind them. Because on a soul level, we all know. We just consciously forget. (laughs) And to remind you of why you're here and what your purpose is. So what are next steps? Sometimes it's you're at a crossroads in your life. A lot, a lot of clients lately are being drawn to me because they're at a crossroads because of this ascension process. We are in a major time of shift. So all the old energy that's not up to speed with our soul's purpose is falling out. It's surfacing. It's really uncomfortable because sometimes you have to release a relationship or a job or unhealthy, toxic people or people who hoard and they have all these things that are energetically depleting and draining them. They have to clean and clear out, right? So people will come to me, again, not any interest in dead people and connecting, but in higher guidance. And that comes through spirit guides. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the other thing, I, I get a lot of clients, I assume all three, all four of us are, are getting these where I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s. I feel like I'm done. There, there's nothing left here for me. And uh, what comes true for those people when you get them? So for me, it's usually sometimes they're picking up on they're about to have an exit point. Like they really are complete. And this is the universe saying, it's okay. You came full circle. You finished your soul's assignment. You get to go home. It doesn't matter the age. Yeah. But for some people, what I found lately, it, they're moving on to a new chapter. Okay. It's kind of like when I, I thought I was going to die at 36. I always thought that. Well, guess what happened at 36? I had a death, but it wasn't physical. I got divorced. Uh-huh. That was a death. I completed a big chapter. And 
I have the courage to recognize it and let it go. And my life changed a hunt 180. It was just night and day. And that felt like a death, but it was a rebirth. And so we go through many of those cycles throughout our incarnation. Um, so a lot of times they're coming to you because it, they're in the void. And that's where you just have to remind them to be willing to embrace that release is grieve, whatever you had, but make room for the new to enter in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think we're about done for today. This has been great. Yes, it's uh, been fabulous. Yeah, you've talked about so many wonderful things. I, I hope all our listeners uh, benefit from this. Uh, if people want to contact you, how do they how do they find you? Everything they need is on my website, RebeccaRosen.com. R-E-B-E-C-C-A-R-O-S-E-N.com. I have all sorts of um, material on I have a YouTube channel, social media. Um, they can find me there. I put out a lot of free content to help people, videos, meditations. Um, I've, you know, I have three books that they can find on any, you know, on Amazon or wherever. Um, But my purpose in offering all of this is to really give people the tools to inspire and empower them to make that connection on their own. Okay. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for listening today. Please stay tuned. We're going to highlight several of our practitioners here, and they have great stories. Have a great week. My name is Selena from Love Your Light. I knew I was special when I was a little girl. I used to walk around the house whenever family members were hurting or sick pet, and I would put my hands on them to make them feel better. Obviously, I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I just always had the drive, the interest to want to help people feel better. And I also, when I was a child, started knowing when people were sick and knowing when they were going to pass, knowing immediately babies, boys, girls, twins, other, and it just grew from there. My mom was also an intuitive, so was my grandma, so I was in that environment. It just developed and grew the older I got. I am blessed to have a number of gifts. I am a intuitive, an intuitive guide. I teach Reiki, and I'm a mentor. I help people discover their gifts and abilities. I do intuitive counseling. I do energy clearings, personal energy clearings, and space energy clearings. I basically just want to help people see their light and love their light. I am at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts on Thursdays. I'm here full day as a practitioner, so I have morning, afternoon, and evening appointments. I'm also a reader Thursdays. Hi, this is Kevin Oakstreet. I am an Oracle and Tarot reader at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts on Tuesdays from 10 to 5. A little background, I've been developing my gifts over a long time, and just recently I felt like a light was switched on, and I got a lot of support and guidance from those close to me. As I've been developing these gifts, I've known that I wanted to become a healer and to help others as well. And I would love to help you unlock your hidden potential. This is Janice Dow, and I want to help you live a life of ease, joy, and grace. I help people who want more happiness, may be feeling stuck or burdened, may want more energy, or want to take control of the mental chatter in their mind. Our body mind is very powerful, and if we understand how it works, we can bring about positive change in our lives. Change is constant. And you may be swept up and feel powerless, but I can show you a different way of being. You can direct the change via intention where you become empowered through evolution and transformation. You can learn to be powerful and energetic. We truly live in an age where self-directed transformation and evolution is possible. In 2013, I lost my job. And when working with a career coach, I was told that I was unconsciously giving my daughter all of my vital energy. And once I understood the need for boundaries, I began learning about subtle energy as I restructured my approach to my relationship with my daughter and moving forward in my energy work. And luckily, I'm able to apply what I have learned to self-care. I can do the same for you. My unique approach combines brain and body-mind sciences with the unseen world of subtle energy. These modalities are the secret sauce that help you to move with more grace and ease. Each session is tailored to your needs. You can be happier today. You can be in the flow of the universe. You can quiet the chatter in your mind. 
you can do it. And we'll have fun. I'm at Discover Your Spiritual Gift Center on Tuesdays. Discover Connection Awaken Sacredness Come in power Join us for our show on Blog Talk Radio Discover Your Spiritual Gifts Live